0: It's Daily Thunder, thundering out the truth of Jesus Christ live every morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. Now, here's Eric Levy. We have uh, some special guests on campus uh, currently. Not only do we have our advanced students here, but we have a whole bunch of women in fact, I'm not seeing a lot of men in the room right now, so thank you guys in the back that are running <coughs> tech support. I think all the guys are scared to come today, is, is what it is. So we have a marriage and motherhood retreat that Leslie is hosting uh, on the campus, and so I just want to welcome all of you ladies, uh, and I hope last night was a tremendous success and that you thoroughly soak up today. So uh, <coughs> welcome, guys. Uh, yes. So, uh, we have limited time for this today, and so I'm going to move fairly quickly, but this is something we do every day, and if it's something you'd like to uh, participate in moving forward, you can always stream it in the morning. There's a podcast for the Daily Thunder, and that's, we try and get it, it it happens every day, we don't always get the podcast up every day, so sorry about that, Uh, but you can poke at uh, one of those guys in the back and say, hey, what's your your issue with that? But... uh, we're, we're doing our best with this. This is a, I think will be a really encouraging message for those of you that uh, are just sort of coming in, have no idea what's going to strike you today. Uh, the Secrets of Bodily Health. What an odd title. I, I do like titles and I do like odd titles. And uh, when we get into a topic like this, we, we all have our opinions. And so I'm sure you've heard uh, the different wives' tales of today of what leads to great health and the different things you can be doing to take care of your body. This is going to throw a little curveball at you, not in a bad way, in a very good way. But uh, John, uh, in John 4, Jesus is going to have a comment that sort of sets the stage for what I'd like to talk about this morning. Uh, you see, he, he hasn't eaten, and the disciples are concerned about that. You know, he hasn't eaten. And so he says, but he said unto them, I have food to eat that you know not of. And I don't know if you've ever Been fascinated with that one it's like what he has food that others know not of Uh, and that's I've said that line to myself so many times when I'm in a season of difficulty or I'm a season of challenge where the material resource in my life is dried up or the or I'm in a fasting situation that I you know because my body doesn't do well with fasting I'll just be honest with you I I think it's my fast high metabolism rate but uh, every, so other people are like, I just love fasting. I have never felt that in my life. I've never had a joyful feeling, sensation go through my body physically when I'm fasting. And so what I'll oftentimes say is, God, in this time when I don't have material resource or natural resource for my body, I'm going to reach into the heavenly realms and grab the spiritual sustenance that only you can supply. I have food that other people on this earth do not understand. I have access to it in the throne room of grace. And I've proven this so many times over in my life, and so it's a very dear uh, statement uh, to me. So there are a lot of opinions today regarding the secrets to health. It'd be fascinating if we just sort of had a blackboard up here, or a whiteboard, I guess would be the modern term for it, and we would write down all the different thoughts that you have, like what are some things that bring health, and especially since we have a lot of mothers in here. Mothers, for whatever reason, are very attuned to the idea of health, Uh, I happen to live With a mother. She's also my wife, but she's not my mother. She's a mother and she thinks about uh, These things a lot. Okay, so as a result, I'm touching on a a potential nerve here But there are a lot of opinions today regarding the secrets to health So for instance, you can see the overview. I have diet physical exercise attitude environment, but we all sort of have a, a framework through which we approach it and some people it's the it's the physical diet, which is a huge deal okay, and in my home for instance, we have Uh, Half my family is like gluten-free. Huge issue when you go out to eat. So there's certain restaurants that are just off limits, right? Because of this crazy gluten-free thing, right? We have almond milk. We don't have normal cow's milk, we have almond milk. We used to have raw milk, raw cow's milk, but now then that dairy closed, so now we have almond milk, okay? But before that we had soy milk, we had coconut milk. We've had all sorts of things, all the milk substitutes, right? We don't have a lot of sugar in our house, I'm just gonna be blunt honest with you. and so. We have certain things that are uh, missing that are delights uh, for many of you uh, that we do not have. But when I say diet, it says take your pick, and if you don't like the current fad diet, just hold on till next week because a new one is sure to be released and be better than all the other duds before it. (laughs) So that could offend you and be like, what What are you saying about my current diet? At the same time, this is a common thing. So if we were going to divide into sectors like who thinks diet's the most important thing for health, we could have a little segregation, a little group over there, and they're sort of noisy uh the physical exercise you know then you have debates there too and you know in our church we have one of our uh one of our guys that has been going to the church since it started his name is aaron vogel and he runs something called crossfit and it's one of the premier exercise models in the world it is but guess what he has to compete with crossfit so here he is in our church and people from our church go and do crossfit can you believe that And so you can have debates, and I'm I'm a in the core guy. I I work out in Aaron's system, and I so I brag about it. And I've done I've done CrossFit too. So I'm going to tell you, in the core is better. But it's like Mac PC. Everyone's like arguing about these things, and so when you get caught up, physical exercise actually has a big impact. Any of us that have participated in that know that attitude. The power of positive thinking is what it's oftentimes been called. However, you'll hear the the statement, if you just have a good attitude, if you just have a bright, rosy, rose-colored look at life, your life is going to actually be healthier, just right there. You're going to have a lot better version of the existence uh, of a human on Earth. Environment, no molds, no allergens, no radiation, no noise, no nothing. So we can divide up into our groups of which one we think is the most important, and I have a hunch that there's a few opinions uh, in here. Are these things good or bad? You know, Because the way I'm presenting it could make it sound like they're bad things. It's like, uh uh-oh, Eric's going to really shoot this in the foot. And I'm going to say that depends. Are they in position of savior, or are they in position of servant? You see, when you look to something like your diet as your means of salvation, you're in trouble. When you look at all of these other things, whether it's your physical exercise as a means of salvation, now we don't, wouldn't say it that way. We wouldn't say, oh, that's my savior. It's called idolatry, actually is the term in the Bible, where we place it above God in means of rescuing our life. So if I don't have this, then, you fill in the blank. And so when we put any of these things into a position of premier, then as a result, it actually breaks down our health as opposed to helps it. Now, isn't that an ironic uh, curve and twist to the whole discussion? You see, these things are not bad, and I think we all know that. But they, be, they can become bad. And if you, if you become a servant to your diet, like you cannot go anywhere in the world because you have to eat this way. And if you're a missionary over in this country, they don't have those foods. So as a result, I can't heed the call of God to go to that country. You follow the logic. In other words, this is how a lot of us are. We're bound in a dependency upon a certain logic system. I want to sort of poke at that. So diet, physical exercise, attitude, and environment are lowercase solutions to an uppercase problem. In other words, they're not bad in and of themselves, and in fact, they have a lot of wisdom to them. Every single thing I mentioned has wisdom to it. Uh, Bodily exercise has value, but its value is limited, even according to the Bible. And so what we have is we have a, a problem with health, but it's a capital problem, and we're dealing with lowercase solutions. The difference between capital H healthy and lowercase healthy, so see, that's really the The issue is I'm saying, okay, let's talk about health. And immediately you think of lowercase health. And then we say, what can solve lowercase health? And you have some good solutions. However, your real problem is a capital H health problem. And as long as you try and deal with your life and you don't address the capital H health problem and you deal with it with lowercase health solutions, you're actually like throwing pebbles that Tyrannosaurus rex. You know, it's not really solving the problem. What is our uppercase problem? So the Bible says the spirit of man is dead. That's a pretty serious problem. In other words, there's a way that you were originally created, and it was healthy. According to God, it was good. It was very good. Something has gone terribly wrong. Now you could trace it back to uh, the Garden of Eden, but there was a rebellion and there was a loss of something. God said, the day in which you eat of that fruit, you would surely die. And so it's called the law of sin and death. You sin, you die. So with sin has come a death, and it's a death to a certain aspect of how we were created. Because you could look at it and go, that seems strange because God said they would die if they ate it, but they still seem alive. Well, but they did die, it's just the part of them that died, is invisible. It is a spirit man. So if I was going to liken a spirit man, it's sort of hard to do it. But if you could imagine an Eric Ludi looks just like me but is invisible. And it's like he waves at you, but you can't see it, right? He's just like me. He has a face, he has eyes, ears, nose, mouth, he has hands and feet, he has a heart, he has a brain, but he is not, he's like invisible and he superimposes on this Eric. It's a spirit man. That spirit man died at the rebellion, at that fall. And as a result, this spirit man is the means by which this body connects with the living God. It's the way in which this body is intended to work. You see, these eyes are supposed to have help from spiritual eyes, so that I can see what God wants me to see. But when I lose those spiritual eyes, I can no longer see what God wants me to see. This tongue is meant to have help from a spiritual tongue but once that spirit man dies, this tongue is now on its own, and that's not good. This mind was supposed to have help from a spirit mind, the mind of Christ, but instead it's left on its own and it's vulnerable to all sorts of lies and deceptions. This body is unhealthy. The moment I lose that spirit man, I can do all sorts of lowercase health solutions to try and keep it alive for a little longer and keep it running and moving, but I have a deeper problem. And that is that this body cannot produce the fruit, cannot do what it was meant to by God. I am unhealthy, it's called death. I am a dead man spiritually, and what will follow is I will be a dead man physically. And so we're dealing with dead man physical issues, but to deal with those, we need to deal with something deeper than your diet. For thus says the Lord, your affliction is incurable. It's a Pretty good way of saying it. Your wound is severe. There is no one to plead your cause that you may be bound up. You have no healing medicines. Okay, welcome to the state of man. And in this case, since we have mostly women in this room, thank you guys for hanging out with us, those of you that did uh, dare to come in this room. But we have a very serious ailment. And it's called sin. Now, we all know if we've hung around the church and know Jesus Christ, we know that there's a solution for this but we need to recognize that that is the solution, actually, for every little thing in our life. So in 1 Timothy, Paul says it this way, but she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. He says there's two ways to live. You have a firstborn life, and Jesus says you must be born again. You must become a second or a twice born. And in the Bible, you're always gonna see firsts and seconds. You're gonna see, uh, for instance, Cain, Abel. Which offering does God accept? He accepts the second. Ishmael, Isaac, the two sons of Abraham. Which one stands before God? Which one's rejected? The second one is the one God takes and accepts. Uh, Esau, Jacob, two uh, twins in the womb of Rebekah. First one's born and looks the part. You know, he's hairy all over. He's a hunter. And the second one is a plain man dwelling in tents. But God chooses the second. Saul, the first king of Israel. David, the second king. You see it? First and second. Old Testament, New Testament. You see, God is always choosing the second. It's the second covenant. It's the second birth. You see, you have flesh, and you have spirit. You have law, and you have grace. The law, God can say, you need to live this way in this body. We're like, ah, I can't do it, because you're missing something. What are you missing? You're missing life. The thing that God can bring to you, if you will humble yourself, yield to him, and allow that superimposed character to come to life again, the new man, so that you have new eyes, new ears, new tongue, new mind, new heart, new hands and feet. You begin to live a new life. You're called a new creature in Christ Jesus. So the new creature, we'll call it the superimposed life or the life in Christ. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead. Just imagine you're Your spirit man is asleep. I mean, dead, asleep. They're both the same in the New Testament. You ever notice that someone dies and goes, he's sleeping. Uh, And so what we have is our spirit man is, is flopped over, sleeping, dead. Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Knowing the difference between new man and old body. See, here's the, the sketchy, dicey element of this. Many of us think, okay, I'm new, so therefore, my body should function supernaturally. When in actuality, you're new inside of an old body. You see, your new body is waiting for you in heaven, if you're a believer. And God has it all, you know, hanging in the closet for you, and he goes in and dusts it off, and he looks at it, and goes, that's ah, going to look really good on you. <laughs> However, you don't have it yet. It's, it's in heaven waiting for you, purchased for you, built for you, if you will. It's, it's this grand supersuit. Super Meanwhile, your supersuit down here is Christ. But you have an old body. You're a new creature, a new man, or for many of you, a new woman in Christ. And therefore, you have new eyes. And if you will connect and foster that relationship that you have with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will actually use those eyes and you'll begin to see things you've never seen before. You'll begin to say things you have never said before. You'll begin to hear things you've never heard before. You'll begin to feel things you've never felt before. You'll begin to do things you've never done before. Why? Because you're now the body of Christ. You see, that's just how it works. The spirit of man revived the pipeline of life. When you come to life, it's sort of hard to describe how it works, especially in our modern generation with such technological development. Here you are, you have a spirit man and it's living. The spirit man is the connection between you and the promises of God. It's between you and the throne of grace where you may obtain mercy and grace for help in time of need. There's this fountain of life and it wants to get inside of you. So as a result, when you cultivate the spirit man, there's like this pipeline, okay? It's a strange mental picture. There's a pipeline that goes all the way to the heavenly throne of grace. Now, it's weird because when you're thinking about dancing, how does the pipeline work? You know, it swivels. Uh, wherever you turn, it swivels. You know? So if you do a somersault, I'm not sure how, how you envision that. So here's my, my mental picture. Is maybe instead of a pipeline, but that's, this pipeline is like stocked full. It's like pressurized with the life of God. Everything you need for life and godliness has been given you in Christ Jesus. So since a pipeline is sort of hard to imagine how, how we live, think of a Bluetooth connection somehow, someway, God is downloading all of his life to us whenever we need it to live in this body. You need these eyes to work. You have everything you need. You need this tongue to speak words that would edify and strengthen. You have exactly what you need. Someone comes up, bops you in the nose. You actually have grace you can access in Christ to be able to properly respond to that situation. You see that your bank account is empty boom, 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 you can access that which is needed because your spirit man is alive. Your natural man cannot access it. It's your spiritual man that can. Seven systems of the spiritual man. So uh, we have the head, which we'll look at as the skeletal frame structure command when Jesus is the head, right? So just look at this. This is the way God invented us. He created us this way. We have a breath system respiratory. We have a strength system, muscular. We have a growth system, endocrine. We have a defense system, immune and purifying. We have the use system, or digestive, the life system, circulatory, and the blessing system, reproductive. We are built this way. But imagine if all of that is dead. Spiritually, you try and do all these things, have a respiratory, a muscular, an endocrine, an immune, a digestive, a circulatory, and a reproductive system without the spirit man, whew, hard hard thing to pull off. Faith in Christ revives the heart health of a man. So let's go through the three secrets of capital H Health. I'm just going to give you three that the Bible goes out of its way to show show to us. Deliberate joy, and I'm going to describe, and I'll explain these. Number two is keeping the enemy out of the living room. And number three is turning outward and sharing your strength. So let's go through uh, each one of those. A deeper look at the three secrets. Deliberate joy. This isn't joy that is just the result of a good turn in your life. Something great happens, so therefore you feel happy and joyful. That's not what this is. This is deliberate joy, which means you deliberately choose to rejoice. I don't care what the circumstances are. You make a choice in your soul to actually say, I'm going up, not down. The devil pushes down. It's called depression and oppression. God lifts up. That's why he says leap for joy. You see, God goes this way. The devil goes this way. When you go down, you oftentimes are agreeing. Now, I'm not saying there isn't something trying to drive you down. However, don't agree with it. You see, God wants to go up. So when you go up, you're agreeing with God. And when you do, amazing things happen in your life. So I'm just going to go through, uh, I mean, there's a lot in the Bible, especially the New Testament on this, but very specifically where it talks about health. A merry heart does good, like medicine but a broken spirit dries the bones. Isn't that just an amazing thought that a merry heart actually is going to be like a medicine to your body? So here we are, we're talking about all the secrets to health and not one of us is thinking, hey, wait a minute, we should be rejoicing. That's the great secret. And yet that is because most of us, the reason we are actually physically impaired has to do with high levels of anxiety, high levels of difficulty in our life. It's like we're breaking down. This is what the world does to us. And so what does God say? It's like, hey, I got a secret for you. It's an amazing medicinal balm. Rejoice. Mm -hmm. A joyful, here's the same scripture, just a different translation. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So the word for does good, like a medicine, is yatav, which means to work good, to make beautiful. So a merry heart or a joy-filled heart works good it makes beautiful, it does right, it thoroughly accomplishes something in you. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, that's what you want to be doing. So with all your other lowercase h health solutions, don't forget to add in some capital H health solutions. This is a God solution. So a merry heart works like a medicine, does good like a healing balm, works amazingly as a remedy, and is thoroughly effective at making things that are wrong right again anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Well, well, most of us in here can relate to that. But a good word makes it glad. Well, where are you gonna find a good word? Well, there's a big, huge Bible full of it. And so as a result, when we don't, when we lose sight of the word of God, when we lose sight of the truth, what it does is it drives us down. When we hold to the truth and we lift it high, it's amazing how it makes us glad. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. That's a nice feature. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Now, I know there's a lot, because when I teach on joy, especially things like in Thessalonians, it says, rejoice always. And then a couple sentences later, it says, give thanks in all things. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Always? Always? You've got to be kidding. Don't you realize what I'm going through, God? I mean, I can recognize that I'd rejoice in that situation, but I can't rejoice in this one. And we could all lay out a whole bunch of circumstances and scenarios that you can't rejoice in that. You don't rejoice in the fact that someone close to you died. It's not that you're rejoicing in the death. What you're rejoicing is the fact that God turns all things for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You rejoice in the fact that God owns this situation, that I don't care if you're backed up to a Red Sea, God is in charge, and God will do what God does. Just watch. You can rejoice even now knowing that God will prove to be God. So as a result, no matter what circumstance you're in, you can be joyful even in the most difficult situations. He brings beauty out of ashes. You can know that in the depths of your soul. Number two, keeping the enemy out of the living room. So in our house, one of our illustrations, you know, we have this uh, living room area where all the kids sit, and I'll pace around, and we'll have some devotional, I'll be talking to them, and one of our illustrations was, uh, you know, it was really cold outside, and uh, so I said, hey guys, uh, you know, it's nice in here, and that's because we have temperature controlled uh, atmosphere, you know, the, the furnace is on, and so it's like 69 degrees in here right now, I go over and check the thermostat. And, guys, what would happen if I just opened the door uh, and uh, to the sliding door and just left it open? We'd get cold in here. That's right, because there's a different atmosphere out there that wants to come in here. And so, as a result, one of the secrets of health is you're going to recognize you need to keep the sliding door shut. If you have a draft, I don't know if you, any of you are draft uh, connoisseurs, but I'll walk into the house and be like, there's a draft. There's a draft. And I'll follow it. And I'll, uh, there it is. Sure, it is. It could be a little crack. I can find a draft. I don't know if it's a dad thing or if it's just a human thing. I'm not sure, but I'm the one that always finds the draft. And it's like, kids, <laughs> you left the window crack open. You have to close it all the way and lock it when it's negative 10 degrees. Okay, so we need to keep the enemy out of the living room. You see, we oftentimes are allowing the atmosphere out there to get into our living room. So we have a snowdrift on our sofa. And that's not the way we're supposed to live. And God even tells us that. You want a healthy home? Keep the enemy out. Proverbs 3, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Listen to this. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. It's actually a health tool. Can you imagine? What what does this have to do with health? It says, let your heart keep his commands. Stay in tune with the word of God. What it says to do, do it, obey it. Allow humility to reign. Do not be pompous, do not be proud. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. Close the windows, close the, the sliding door. It's negative 10 out there. Would you agree that that's different than, than 69 degrees inside? Yes, you see, it's a contrary atmosphere. So as a result, let's not allow that atmosphere to creep into this one. Close it off and you're gonna find health in here. It's going to be 69 degrees. And as a result, we have health. We don't have a snowdrift on the sofa. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Number three, turn outward and share your strength. So Leslie and I have looked at this, we we call it the the Isaiah 58 promise, but there's certain things, and I'm gonna read them to you, and I want you just to digest this, that this is a direct statement from God to us of how to find healing and strength. Now these are weird things, because they don't fall into our initial list that we make when we think about how do we get healthy because oftentimes we default to lowercase h, health solutions, as opposed to recognizing the only way to deal with our health is to go after the capital H, and when you go after capital H, get this, it solves your lowercase h issues. Now, health is a deep well, okay? So I'm not going to try and give a pat answer for it's like, well, why am I physically suffering right now? I have a hunch that in this room there's a lot of physical suffering. Even if it's not in your body, it's in someone very close to you. This is something we deal with in this world. And we are extra susceptible to it when we're not dealing with capital H issues. So when we are breaking down in the capital H side of our life, we are losing the connectivity via the pipeline to supply us the strength of God for our daily life. It does not mean that you are going to live forever in this mortal body just because you believe in Jesus. In fact, technically we don't want to. Paul sort of says it simply because to die is gain. In other words, we are happy to escape this mortal shell and to get to be with him in our new body. It's it's actually an advantage is what the word gain would mean there. But the Isaiah 58 promise gives us a model and a pattern for how to live in this body now and to be strong. And to do that, you need to turn outward. If you turn inward and focus on your own needs, your own issues, your own situation, your own health, what you oftentimes lose is that very health. So Isaiah 58 says, is this not the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? And when you see the naked, that you cover them and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Listen to this. Now that was quite the list of activities, right? And they're all sacrificial. They're all giving. They're all uh, service-oriented. Then it says, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Look at this, I made this big for you. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from the midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking of wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. So the reason Leslie and I have come back to this many times is when we're going through those difficult times of oppression and difficulty, by the way, we get those too, to remember to not turn inward in those times. You see, the inclination that we all have when we're going through a difficult time or we're physically suffering or we're emotionally suffering or we're practically suffering is to turn inward. Self-pity is the enemy of capital H health. But to turn outward, get this, to rejoice. To say, God, do I have any drafts in my life? Is there anything that's open in my life? If there is, close it. And then, God, show me who I can serve and love. I had a moment the other day where I was hit with some, some news that wasn't easy. You know, it's one of those days where you're like, God, I could use some encouragement right now. I didn't have it. There was no encouragement just floating in the air. So I'm, I'm encouraging myself with the word of God. But it was a heavy moment. You guys have all been there. And I had someone who was going to be sitting down who needed to be ministered to. And they were just arriving where I was. And I just remember that, God, I am deliberately choosing right now, Isaiah 58 promise, I'm going to wash feet, and I'll let you take care of whatever I have. And it's amazing. I I can't give you the whole story because there is more to it, but it was so beautifully encouraging what flowed out of that. And it's just a fresh reminder. This is truth. And I am an extremely healthy man. I don't just mean physically, but spiritually. Extremely healthy man. I just gave you some secrets, guys. I do a lot of rejoicing in my life, but not in the moments you would think someone would normally rejoice. I defy the circumstances with a shout of joy because it's truly what works good like a medicine in my soul. I believe the Word of God. And as a result, I'm a healthy man. I have a spiritual vitality, not because my life is easy, but because God is good and He takes care of His own. The three secrets of capital H health deliberate joy keeping the enemy out of the living room, turning outward, and sharing your strength. I know a lot of you here are here for a retreat, and in a retreat, there's a tendency to be self-nurturing. It just is, especially if you have a little gap of time away from some kids, and it's been a strenuous season. There is a, there's a desire to say, this is me time. Actually, if you make it God time, this is for him. You seek to wash his feet and to share your thanksgiving with him. I guarantee you you're gonna be healthier when you return than if you spend this time uh, just getting your nails done and going to spas and you know things that women do. I actually don't know all the things that you do, but uh, if you are to say, God, this is your time. I wanna be Mary of Bethany at your feet. I wanna take everything out of my storehouse and I wanna break it on you. And I trust that you will give me strength. You will replenish me. He's very good at it. Father, I ask that you would bless everyone here, but I especially want to ask for a special blessing upon the women that are here for this retreat, that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them, that you would give them newness of life, newness of perspective, that they would have, where it's been dry earth, that it would be moistened, and that there would be green buds that shoot forth, Lord, that just the rain would return to Israel, that that strength, that vitality, that life would come back. Lord, heal where there is hurt and where there is disease and where things are broken down. Bring wholeness. Lord, we trust you and we submit to you. We love you. It's in the precious name we pray, amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is delivered live and streamed daily weekdays at 8.15 a.m. and weekends at 9.15 a.m. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. We invite you to visit us at the beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening.